Welcome to the Book Smarts Business Podcast. Conversations with business expert authors to learn about the author, their expertise, and to help you find your next read. And now, here's your host, best-selling author and CEO of Influence Network Media, Jody Brandsetter. Kurt, welcome to the Book Smarts Business Podcast. Excited to talk to you and talk a little bit about your books. Before we go into that, tell us a little bit about you and what you do. Sure. Well, thank you for having me. I have a bit of an eclectic background, but over the last few years, I've been writing books, partially due to helping out my family and my parents who fell ill, as well as the pandemic. So it gave me time to do something else other than business and travel and things like that. So I guess like professionally, I would say that my expertise surrounds business development and helping companies take their product to market with a sales and business development angle. So that's really where I had focused. I also have a background in finance and I worked in venture capital for a few years. So anything in the world of kind of new companies, starting them, financing them and business development is where professionally my expertise lies. Now, aside from professional, I also like to say I'm an expert traveler. I've been to 90 countries. I've lived abroad for over 10 years. I've lived on every continent. And so I would say I'm a pretty good traveler and I also study well-being and wellness. So a lot of what I write about and talk about has the intersection of well-being. As you correctly noted, even when you do a startup or you're in business, maybe you work too hard. And so where does that intersect with well-being and wellness? So I would say those are my areas of expertise. And that's what my blog is about if you ever go to it. So I can understand why maybe a new hobby of writing was needed if you're an avid of a traveler during COVID. I mean, you couldn't really go anywhere for quite some time. Right. And I think, you know, we all talk about the silver linings of COVID. And one of them was, well, you had to sit somewhere for a while. So one of the things they say in writing is the hardest part is you got to sit your butt in the chair every day and write. <laughs> so during the pandemic, it wasn't a bad thing to do, right? Yeah, that consistency is so important because then all of a sudden your body just adjusts to writing and then you can just bring so much more out in an hour compared to when you start writing the first day. So true. So true. There is a flow to things in life, but there's also a great flow to writing where I think if you just create that discipline, whatever time of day is good for you, but that consistency of doing it over and over, once you get into that flow, you start to look forward to it. You know, it's not painful. You actually, hey, I need to get down and sit down. I want to write some more. Well, before we get into the book, I'm just curious about your traveling. When did you start and when did you realize that was a passion of yours? Well, I started traveling, I think it started very young when I was playing baseball. I played baseball growing up and we would travel around the Southeast and all the way up from South Carolina to Ohio to Texas at a young age. And I just started loving the idea of being on the road and seeing new places and meeting different people. And then that extended to going to Japan in college. Davidson College had a big study abroad program. A lot of the students study abroad. And then from there, once you kind of got into Japan, you want to go see more countries in Asia. And that was really young when I did that. And I think it just became part of my life of always going somewhere and traveling and seeing new cultures and things. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, I traveled abroad during college and it was probably the best six months of my life, in my opinion. I wish I could do it more. 
I think, you know, in many ways, colleges should make it mandatory. I think everyone should study abroad. Absolutely. I was just telling my husband, I'm like, the only thing I learned in college, which sounds bad, was my street smarts. And that was when I lived in England, because you had to figure out how to do the train and the subway and get from one country to another. And so I learned all these wonderful, you know, tools there. And I brought it back to the States. And I'm like, that's pretty much all I remember from college. That's crazy. I mean, but you're not the only one. And so everyone I talked to who studied abroad said at the young age, that's what they got most out of. And it really sets your foundation and it sets your thought process. And it changes so much of how we grow up as uh, Americans and how the media influences us about the world. And I think once you refute that media and that environment, and you know, unless you grow up in a world where your parents have encouraged it, my parents certainly didn't, then you start to think differently. You break down all your preconceived notions, you break down all your ways you thought life was right. So anyway, I think you know that, but it's important. Super important. Yeah. I was just talking to some high schoolers a couple of years ago and I was like, the only thing I would tell you to do is travel abroad when you're in college. Like that's it. If you can do that, I think you're going to be a happy camper. So one of my big things I always tell people, and that kind of freaks me out that it's been 22 years since I <laughs> studied abroad. So not telling people how old I am, but I didn't go to school as a teenager. But so let's talk about your book. So before we dive in, you know, you got that time during COVID to sit down and write. Why was that important? Why did you want to become an author? And then if you want to tell us a little bit about the three books you have so far and what they're about. So I guess the idea of being an author had always been with me for many years and I never pursued it. I always liked writing and I never kind of pulled that creative element out of me. And I think finally it started actually before the pandemic. I always blogged a lot when I traveled. I would write really funny stuff or stupid stuff and then nobody ever read it. And I realized that sooner or later that I had to feed or nurture that creative component of mine because it was wanting to really come out, I could tell. And so around the time that I was living in Japan in 2013, while I was working at this company that I write about in the book, I was blogging a lot about where I was going in Japan and what I was doing and where I was eating all the great, like a blog of like a hundred of the top restaurants in Tokyo. So we have a lot of stuff. And I finally said, you know, I'm really enjoying this. Maybe I should write a book about Japan. And then there's a lot of books about Japan and I didn't know what to write. So I just kept writing. And then I went to Africa and was blogging about that. And I took all the blogs and I put it into a travel memoir. And I thought to myself, well, this is interesting, but it's not that interesting because it's just a travel memoir of a bunch of blogs. And then, so I started taking some writing classes and I started like online as well as I went to a few retreats and I was like starting to learn about the art of writing the story. And I started to integrate more meaning and themes and thoughts and a journey in some way, the hero's journey in the Africa book. And so I finally said, you know, look, I want to write a book. I want to do this. And so I sat down and I finally did it and uh, put it all together. And it took quite some time. The first book took a lot of time, took nearly 18 months to turn it from a blog to a travel memoir to a journey that talks about not only the journey outside, but the journey inside. So that's the first book called Finding Soul. So that's kind of my journey to get there. And it took time. It took investment. I didn't work. I was consulting. I decided not to take a full-time job. I would consult. So I'd work three days a week consulting. I'd work right every morning and I did some teaching. So all of that, needing the time and the space to do it. And then what happened was during that Africa trip, I was teaching a lot about business development for a company. So I had a hundred page PowerPoint and slide deck that I had developed and decided, wow, this could make a really good book. And so when the lockdown hit right after I had really gotten the first book, 
book out the door, I was like, well, why don't I just sit down and write it? So I actually had an intern help me take the slide deck, think about it, research what was out there. I think a lot about writing is important to understand what's in the market already and how you're coming at it from a different angle. And we kind of said, okay, like the angle is really this business development angle. There's nothing in the market about business development. It's about sales. There's a ton of sales stuff, but we want to really focus on that next level of sales 201. And we sat down and cranked out in three months, the first draft. And then I went out and tried to augment what I had written with other people's advice. So it's just not my story. So that took another three or four months. And then unfortunately I had some personal hiccups, family stuff happened. So everything got delayed about nine months. I was on the shelf. And then finally I pulled it back out and said, okay, time to get this done and we got it done and then got it out the door. So there you go. It's great to see that because it's lovely to hear when people have used content and repurposed it, right? So you talked about your blog and how that helped you build into your first book, then a presentation that built into a second book and how you don't always have to start from scratch. You might already have that content around that you just might have to reorganize and build it more into a storytelling format. Yeah, I think that's quite important. You know, if you look up a mountain and you're going to go hike a mountain, you just sit at the base and look to the top. It looks like almost an impossible task. But then if you actually sit down and say, well, if I break this down, which you do when you go long hikes, you're going to go four hours this long. You know, if you're hiking Everest, you're going to go six days. You're going to go this many hours. You're going to go this distance. You're going to go this height. You start breaking things down. It becomes very achievable. So with the same with the writing process, I wouldn't ever say sit down and write the book. I would say work on the content, blog, write a lot of blogs, right? See how people receive it. See what kind of feedback you get. Go X, Y, Z, keep writing, keep getting that feedback. And then when you feel like you've got enough content for a book, then go forward with it and you'll take all that feedback and all that content and then you'll intertwine it or integrate it into a book. And so I think that's the way to go. And that way you won't drive yourself crazy. You won't have crazy expectations. And then you might even come to a point where you say, hey, look, this isn't a book. This is just blogs. Like that's it. I was just blogging and that's kind of all it is. I mean, think about how many books out there are really just blog. How many books like really have substantial amount of information? And I would say 95% of them don't. Like could be just a blog post, really could be. And so, yeah, so that's kind of how I look at it, right? Like, I mean, if you look at my Africa book, you're talking about 20 countries. I talk about 20 countries in there. Every chapter is a new experience, a new story, but it also intertwines with the whole journey. If you look at my new book, Navigate to the Lighthouse, 15 chapters. Every chapter is a distinct new topic that talks about how the through line is it helps you get these big deals done. There's nothing repetitive in there. Not one thing is repetitive. So that's why I think those books are substantial. And that's why it's a book and not a blog. I can understand that because I think a lot of times a lot of people just put fluff in their book to make it bigger when actually it could be a micro book and it makes sense and it works as a micro book. Or like you said, it could be putting it into a different medium that makes it easy for someone to digest, but it makes sense where it sits versus just throwing it in a book and saying, here we go. There's my book. Right. I totally agree with you. Now, I'm curious, so you talk about really focus on the business development versus the sales, kind of that sales 2.0. What's one piece of advice that you learned from traveling that you use every day with business that you would want to tell the audience about? Well, there's lots of different types of travel. I think if you're doing a business travel or your you know, study abroad where you actually have a purpose, 
But if you're just traveling just to see a different place, learn a culture, you have some time to explore. I would actually encourage that funny blog post where I say travel without a plan sometimes. And though I'm a planner for business wise, sometimes I step back and I don't plan and I just want to see what happens. I want to see where the business naturally goes or where I naturally walk, what store I walk into, what person I chat with, what restaurant I see that I want to spend time in. And most of the time you get some of your best experiences or best knowledges by not planning. So I would say, you know, see where the universe, see where some things guide you. Don't plan. Don't be a person who has eight hour travel days and sometimes take a step back from your business and see where the natural gravity is pulling it. And you might be surprised on what you see or where you experience. I love that. I'm a huge planner and I'm not planning. I'm doing so much more. Like I'm getting so much more out of either my business or my life when I just kind of go with the flow. And I think a lot of times just putting yourself in that discomfortness of doing it, maybe just like you said, traveling, it starts to help you see that not everything needs to be planned, which I plan all the time, Kurt. It's a nonstop thing for me. <laughs> Let's just be honest. I think one of the things with having ADHD, which I have a very big chunk of for a long time, 20 years, that I didn't probably properly address until four or five years ago. But one of the things about it is we don't function at our optimized best when we plan all the time. So we actually need to have times. I actually book times where I don't plan. I have nothing. Like I let myself sleep a little bit more. I let myself just kind of do whatever I want. Like, oh, there's been this podcast I want to listen to. Just let myself go do whatever I want. Like, I don't know. And it's also important to know how you work best and whatever strengths or weaknesses you have. And that's something my ADHD coach taught me. Don't plan yourself into oblivion because you're going to naturally rebel against it. At some point, you're just going to go off the deep end and go do whatever you want anyways. So give yourself space, you know, naturally. Yeah. I think we also have been conditioned that we're supposed to work a certain way and that doesn't work for all of us. And so until we uncondition that, and that's happened to me a lot where I always thought I had to plan my presentations when actually I'm a natural talker. So I don't need to plan. I just need to use my knowledge and speak. I can tell. I mean, you're such a natural at this. But you go to the class or you go to school or you go to corporate and they're like, well, you have to practice speaking and you have to, you know, do this and this. And I did that for 20 plus years. And then finally I had that aha moment of, oh, I don't have to do that. Actually, I'm fine just talking, you know, it might be harder for me to write versus someone else. So it's again, being able to understand yourself. And it sounds like your coach really helped you do that. Yeah, yeah, a lot. And I think a lot of this time I've spent over the last few years has been kind of, you know, know thyself and learn about myself. And so I've spent a lot of time just studying, taking assessments and just trying to understand what works best for me. Well, that's awesome. I love it. Well, I'm excited. I love that before we started recording, you said you already have three other books in you that you're going to be getting out there. So I'm excited to hopefully maybe interview you again for those. But before, you know, we finish up the podcast, Kurt, how's the best way for them to connect with you or to buy your books if someone's interested? Sure. My website is KD for Kurt Davis, KD Alive, A L I V E.com. So KD Alive.com. And you can see my books there. And then, you know, go to Amazon or search Kurt Davis. And the Kindle versions, I usually sell them quite cheap, $1.99 or $2.99. And the audio books, I have multiple voices. So the Africa book has like 40 voices and sound effects. And the business book has three different voices. So try to make it somewhat interesting. And you can email me at KD Alive.com. That's where people track me. 
me. And I have a newsletter, so you can sign up and I write about writing. So I'm doing four or five posts about writing and why I write and what I get out of it. And I'll do some things in there about nutrition and whatever else. So it's just a kind of, you know, like a well-being, travel, writing, that kind of stuff. Awesome. Well, Kurt, thank you so much for being part of the Book Smarts Business Podcast. Yes, thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Book Smarts Business Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the show and share this episode with a friend. In the meantime, join our business author community where you can connect with other business authors and learn about becoming an author at authors.influencenetworkmedia.com. Until next time.